Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hi, thanks for joining me again today. Um, it's so nice to be able to share some ideas that might make a real difference in your experience of parenting, but also in your kids' lives as well. Um, that's what I'm all about, helping kids be, um, you know, calm, happy, enjoy their life, and just knowing that it's just the beginning for them. Um, life is long and there's no pressure to get places and achieve things, but if you can um, take some time as parents to ensure that kids have some really solid skills in managing emotions and um, problem solving and working with others, then I think you're doing um, them a, a service for when they do get older. And of course, most of these things you can achieve by play and having fun and just having this warm relationship with your kids. Um, there is, you know, that statistic that talks about responding to kids' needs with exactly what they need or want. 30% of the time is enough to form a really strong, healthy bond that can let them develop all of these skills naturally. So that as a parent is reassuring. I think it means that we can kind of take a step back and realize lots of things um, we're doing well and some things it's okay to make some mistakes sometimes uh, and that our kids are resilient to those mistakes. Um, speaking of mistakes, <laughs> I don't know if that's a fancy segue or not, but I wanted to talk today about problem solving uh, because last episode we talked about emotional regulation and then I think what flows on naturally for me is problem solving because it's really important to make sure that emotional regulation is done first. Um, lots of times we want to swoop in there with our kids and sit down and solve things when they're really upset, um, but it's just not the right time. So I talked last time about emotional regulation, that's the first step, but then today I wanted to talk about problem solving and how I go through that with kids. Um, it's not a particularly um, fancy or difficult technique and so some of it might be things that you naturally do or you've heard or you do through work and um, you might think, oh, is that it? <laughs> and probably it is it. Sometimes we can overcomplicate things as parents um, or adults in general, um, but we, the other thing we can do sometimes is forget that kids just need to learn these things as well. It might be something that's really simple and um, natural to us, and that's a great thing, but without kids being explicitly taught it, uh, you know, they don't have that capacity to problem solve. And if we forget that 
they haven't been taught and we expect them to know how to do it, then um, they're not, that's, you know, a bit of an unfair expectation, I guess. So I want to talk today about problem solving. This strategy or like rubric for problem solving I want to teach is one from the Westmead Feelings program and it's one design that's a program designed for uh, autistic kids learning about managing emotions and problem solving. The reason I like that one so much is that it's really simple and it builds the idea of managing feelings into problem solving. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But first, um, yeah, maybe I should talk about it now. Sorry, having the other thing psychologists do is have lots, well, I do anyway, lots of thoughts in my head at once and have to think about which way I'm gonna go, which path I'm gonna take to, um, to try to get across my meaning. I will talk about the emotions now because I think, first of all, what you need to do, what this problem solving um, technique lets you do is take note of the emotions first and then that's something that then you can use in your problem solving. Um, so you need to understand how you feel about it first. The other thing it does, I think, is then you can use this problem solving technique to help kids understand that having a big feeling sometimes is a problem for you to solve. So in the um, technique, you first take note of what your emotions are so that you can be aware of it. But also if you go through this technique, you can actually use the problem solving technique for having a big emotion and I'll that's the bit that I'll talk about more at the end. So the problem solving idea is um, three stages really and the first one is to identify what the problem is. The program, the Westmead Feelings program defines a problem as a situation when you don't know what to do. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing or a problem. Sometimes it can be when something awesome happens and you're really excited or you're really happy and you just don't know what to do. You don't know who to tell or you don't know how to stop being so giddy and excited because you have to go to your math class. Um, and I like that idea that and it takes the negativity out of the word problem. Sometimes we think about a problem as being a negative thing but identify or defining it as a way uh, sorry defining problem as a situation when you don't know what to do is um, a much better definition of the word I think so you can do this with your kids you can ask them what is the problem usually rather than that I say to kids what's happening so they'll tell you all about it um, rather than just focusing on what is going wrong. Um, so what's happening or what's going on? What's the situation? Um, your kids can then provide a bit of information or background for you there. The next step is to think about your feelings. And so in that sense, it's asking, well, and how are you feeling? 
when they name the word, then you can ask, and how strong is that feeling? So you get not only a sense of the emotion, but how big it is as well. Um, Sometimes I use like out of 10 or out of five or out of three, depending on um, the age of the child I'm talking to and how good they are with numbers. Some kids are very, very specific. Um, So if I'm giving them a range that's too big, um, that's not helpful. So I've got in mind um, the the kids who tell me they're like a (laughs) 3.75. So for those kind of kids, I'd give them a one to five um, range. So if your kids are like that, know that you're not alone. (laughs) There's lots of other kids out there who are really specific about how they feel. Um, So you've asked about the situation. You've got an idea of how they're feeling and how big it is. And then there's a time when you do a little bit of brainstorming. And this is the bit where it's not that different to other ways of problem solving we might be familiar with. The idea here is that um, of coming up with a few different um, options for how to solve the problem. The reason that's good is that it lets kids develop that skill of uh, flexible thinking to realize that there's more than one path forward and they can be creative in finding a solution that's um, going to be a good choice. So in the the Westmead Feelings Program, it talks about thinking about the idea uh, for solving the problem and whether it's a good idea or not so good idea. So I'm using thumbs up and thumbs down here as I talk. Um, The reason that's good sometimes is that It helps kids come up with the idea because they know in their mind it is a solution, but even though, you know, it might not be a good one, it's still a solution. So letting them um, come up with a few different things helps with the creativity, but it also helps them think about the nuance of problems and so why things are a good idea or not so good idea. Usually it's because if something's a bad idea, it might get them into trouble. Um, or if it's a not so good idea, if it's good for one person, but not good for all people in the situation. So coming up with um, a range of solutions and whether they're a good idea or not so good idea is that step. And the final step then is choosing a solution uh, to put into place. And so from that, it's about choosing the best option. Another reason why it's a good idea to do this kind of brainstorming part is that sometimes there's no, there's no option that feels good to kids. Um, I was talking with a young lady recently about homework and she just really didn't want to do it, but she also didn't like the consequences school put in place for not doing the homework. And so for her, this problem solving was a lot about choosing the least bad option. Um, And that's, you know, unfortunately, sometimes in life, there are only um, bad options in, in from the perspective of kids. But being able to go through them and and for her to have choice about which one she was going to then choose and implement is a good thing because kids are then in charge of what they've decided to do. 
So running over it again, the first bit is um, defining a problem as a time when you don't know what to do and asking your child about what, what happened, what was going on. The second point is asking about feelings and the size of feelings as well. You understand then whether it's a, you know, how, you, how your child's felt about it and that will help you with your empathy and patience in this situation. The next step is to think about a range of options for solving the problem and whether they're good ideas or not so good ideas and then choosing one to implement. That's a summary of the skill, the technique, whatever you might call it. Sometimes I do this um, on paper with kids or um, yeah, often, I mean, you probably wouldn't have a whiteboard at home. That's the other thing I use as well. But sometimes we just talk about it. But for little kids, sometimes writing it out on paper and having it in that concrete um, form is really helpful because, and the other thing it helps with is kids who might not have that great working memory. So as you're going through it, they keep going, wait, what are we doing? Um, what was the problem? I've forgotten having it in a concrete way and a visual way can really help for all types of um, kids and learners. The last thing I wanted to talk about was how to use this idea um, about emotions as well. So I mentioned that, and you can see how the problem solving technique uses knowledge of how kids are feeling in the technique itself. Um, but you can actually use this for when kids have big feelings as well. And so I'll explain what I mean. Um, if kids have really big feelings, that can be the situation that they, you know, the, the problem itself, um, or they can define it as a situation when they don't know what to do. So you can talk about it in this way that links back to the emotional regulation that we talked about last week. And it's asking kids, um, so you've got this really big feeling and you don't know how to handle it. Okay, what can we do about that? And you can come up with some ideas. Um, if the feeling is angry, you'll get some interesting <laughs> answers. <laughs> and so think about in sibling situations or whatever, and kids can often see it their way and be like, well, he should just blah, blah, blah. Um, that's okay. Let them express the feeling through that. But thinking then about a range of different things they could do to help themselves feel better. And then are they good ideas or not so good ideas? Um, then that helps you with building then some suggestions for when your kids do get upset about ways that they could help themselves feel better. Um, particularly if they then choose one that works for them as you know, once you get to that last part of the, the technique, when you're asking kids to pick one, um, they get to put it in place. You can see how it went. And that's then something new that you can add to their toolbox of things to do when they do feel really upset. Uh, so problem solving technique that you can use for all kinds of situations when kids just don't know what to do. It helps them in those situations to solve the problems 
but it's also giving them uh, tools that they can use day to day for lots of other situations. And they will internalize this way of thinking so that they can consider a situation and the range of responses they could give and then choose one that they think is a good idea. And that's an amazing skill for kids to learn when they're young and develop as they um, grow. So yeah, hopefully you find it really useful to use. Do let me know if you have any problems with using it because um, sometimes it's difficult to, to gauge the level at which I'm explaining it. And it seems like it's something that might seem simple, but parents have questions I haven't thought about. Well, sometimes I feel like I'm not explaining it well, but it does come across clearly and it's easy for parents to understand. So as always, I would love some feedback. Um, if your kids have a go at this or you have a go with them, I'd love to hear how it went. Um, and I wish you a lovely term of awesome problem solving. Thanks for listening in again. Um, look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.